got it on the first try. Nice. <laughs> Excellent punctuation. Yeah. Good job, me. Hello, and welcome back to Real Horror Show. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm joined, as always, by the stormy skies. Hello. Uh, this week, we are talking about... Oh, it's been a while. I didn't do any weird segue. Hey, Sam. Uh... <laughs> Uh, remember how we used to watch all those movies about, um, you know, hiking and, uh, you know, not stepping off of the trail? Oh, yeah. You know who, ste- this is, you know who yeah. steps off the trail? <laughs> the people in this movie do. <laughs> yeah. This week, we watched Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight, which is a 2020 Polish horror film. Um, and I cannot pronounce any of those names. So check it out on Wikipedia if you're curious yes. who's behind this. Polish names are crazy. Not yeah. as crazy as um, Swedish and Icelandic names, but mm-hmm. uh, pretty crazy. Um, yes, damn and I don't want to butcher it. So, yeah, this is the first Polish horror film I have ever watched. Right now it has an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes from critic scores. And I'm wondering if they would have rated it that high if it were not a foreign horror movie. <laughs> because yeah, watching it too long didn't read, it's very on par with movies like um, Wrong Turn and mm-hmm. uh, Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, it's not really anything special other than the fact that it's Polish. Yeah, that's a great uh, that's a great way to describe it because that's exactly how I, I kind of felt watching it. It's nothing really original or groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Plot-wise, it's about a camp where parents send their kids who are too addicted to technology. Not a terrible premise. I thought it was going to do something super interesting with that. Like maybe the camp is super fucked up. That's what I thought, too. That's what I was hoping for. But <laughs> instead, we got wrong turns set in Poland. Because yeah, very <laughs> um, they, go in, they go on a hike and are immediately stalked by, I guess, um, deformed cannibals. Yeah. So it's, it's fucking wrong turn, except with teenagers instead of hot young adults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like little teenagers who are addicted to their phones, but they mm-hmm. seem to be doing okay without them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, because this movie is Polish and it was distributed by Netflix, you have the option to watch an English dub or the native language. I watched half and half. I watched it in English while I was at work, and then when I got home, I switched over to Polish so I could pay attention to the subtitles. Uh, yeah. Veering into acting right away. Acting much better in the Polish language. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, absolutely. Uh, do you mean that by, like, saying compared to, like, the English voice acting? So, <laughs> yeah, so it's a dub. Um, Stormy is not familiar with anime, but in anime, you have the Japanese version and then the English dub, and there's always a debate, is the dub or sub better? Some animes, it's better. Some animes, it's definitely not. Like for Inuyasha, my favorite, the greatest anime ever made. I like the English dub. That's what I grew up with, and it's really well done. Um, Some of the voice acting in this was really well done and fit the characters perfectly. Like 
if you didn't pay too much attention to the lip syncing, you wouldn't have noticed it wasn't the actual person, but then others just were kind of reading the lines and it felt like when there's a person talking on screen in their native language and then you have the translator talking over them. That's how it felt like. So they were just like translating it rather than acting. And voice acting Acting. is an art in itself. Oh yeah, it is. It is acting, absolutely. Yeah, in fact, I think it's more difficult to be a voice actor than a real live actor because your only tool is your voice. Yeah, you have to pretend everything is happening. So you have to be that much more believable instead of when you're actually acting, you have like a simulated environment. So it's a little easier. Mm -hmm. So uh, either one's fine. If you do the English dub, I don't recommend having subtitles on because the subtitles are a translation of what's being said in Polish. And so that translation doesn't necessarily fit the lip movement. So they have to adapt the dialogue to fit the lip movement. So what's being said doesn't match the subtitles all the time. And it can be a little... But I like the option of... Oh, yeah. I would... I, um, it's a good example for individuals like Sam who need to watch a movie, but, like, they're working. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to have the English words so you don't have to, like, constantly be reading yeah. the screen. So that's really helpful. It's nice for the visually impaired who can't read subtitles and don't like um, audio description. Oh, God, yeah, audio description. <laughs> no matter how good it may be, it's not, not quite the same. One time I, uh, uh, without any follow-up questions being answered, I watched a uh, <laughs> porn clip that had audio description over top, and that was... <laughs> that was probably hilarious. Oh, <laughs> it was hilarious. How do you get a job being an audio descriptor for a porn? I was about to say, how much do they pay them? I want that job. I want, yeah, because you could be, you would be able to do it really good and like be really serious because you have to be totally objective and just describe everything. It's <laughs> awesome. Oh, that was an experience. <laughs> um, the acting in Polish with the actual like Polish kids, I thought they were very good. As always, disclaimer, I don't speak Polish. So for all I know, they could actually be terrible. Right, yeah, we can't get all the nuances. But to us, it seemed like, you know, they're pretty into it. And they're scared when they were supposed to be. They were funny when they were supposed to be. All these things. Mm -hmm. So um, I I didn't have a moment where I was like, wow, they really stink. Um, Everything was pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) And I have to ask, just because, I mean, it probably fits more into the story beat of our discussion... Yeah. The sex scene in this movie. <laughs> yeah. That, um, it was very yeah. European, the way they filmed it. Yeah, very, uh, very sensual. Very sensual. <laughs> which <laughs> Romantic. Just reminder, these are uh, teenagers. I understand the actors aren't teenagers. Age of consent, different everywhere. You know, I'm, I'm realistic. I'm not going to pretend that teenagers aren't having sex one of my friends in high school had a baby when she was 13 kids are having sex let's not pretend they aren't and make sure they're safe while doing it i don't want to see teenagers having a sensual sex scene on screen i'm fine with like an awkward realistic sex scene oh yeah uh, they were i didn't even like make the connection that um i was watching teenagers yeah um do it uh (laughs) but um 
Yeah, well, at least they did use protection sand. They really made a spectacle about her having a condom. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> at least it's the lesser of two evils. <laughs> in her line um, read in English, when she was like, you can just call me your professor right before it happened, <laughs> I was like, nope, you guys are just babies. You can't be doing this. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, ugh. I thought he I thought he was also gay. Um, yeah, um, a lot of the boys in this movie looked the same to me. Me too. I, I, I feel bad because I wasn't sure which one of the two. But we do know specifically yeah. which one is gay. But the other one could have been two. I don't know. Didn't they look at each other earlier in a very sensual way? I mean, that's just, that's that- just Europeans. <laughs> <laughs> they just regard each other and they're like, I, I love beauty no matter who is beautiful. Yeah. I'll like look at you lovingly yeah. and sensually and romantically. I like the nerdy boy a lot better in Polish because his voice actor was one of the ones that just felt like a translator reading the lines instead of a voice actor. Yeah, I really liked him a lot. He was like my favorite character. Do you happen to recall his six rules of horror movies? Uh, he, he had... had- do you have six or like eight? He gave he rattled off like a weird number. Was it six? Wikipedia said six. Fuck. Okay, it's probably right. So it was shit. He had like a really good list, but one of them was sex. That was like yeah. one of the last ones he said. You can't have sex, even in a European horror movie, I guess. I think he also said like being brave, like too brave. Ah, shit. He had like really good yeah. keywords to to describe them, and I didn't remember them or write them down. But I uh, yeah. was able to nod in agreement. But I feel like those were a little bit too uh, too general. Um, he kind of yeah. like hit upon like what he, he like hit on tropes that happen in like every single horror movie. Um, so, mm-hmm. and the too brave one is really good. That's one I never yeah. think about. But it is like. You always have that one guy who's who tries to save everybody, but then he gets fucked up in the face. And he um, does well because he like says what what the rule is, and then gives an example uh, in way of dialogue, which is really cool. Like how you just said, like, oh, the the super brave one, like, let's go in here. I'm not scared. Well, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that's that's actually pretty cool. I'm glad that he's giving some examples. Um, yeah, I do find him mentioning sex as one of them as really interesting since Europeans generally have, they're not as like, oh my god, sex as Americans are. Yeah, it's not so stigmatized with uh, high school students yeah. or young adults. My, um, one of my French uh, core teachers, he didn't teach me French, he taught me like debate and stuff. <laughs> he just happened to be French. Oh, cool. He said, it, it truly baffles me <laughs> that... Mm-hmm. Americans are more comfortable talking about religion than sex because in Europe it's the complete opposite. Huh. Interesting. Um, and that's probably because of our puritanical roots as a society. Yeah, that's that's absolutely it for sure. I think everything goes back to that regarding it still to this day like sex and movies or how it's portrayed in horror movies. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know, I guess tr- since yeah, American media is so prevalent in other cultures. Yeah, he probably Obviously, some of our puritanicalness is going to seep in everywhere. Yeah, and I feel like maybe if he's a fan of American films, he probably picked it up from mm-hmm. American horror um, films because he talks about, like, uh, The Terminator and An American Werewolf in London. So he's. it sounds like he was, like, a yeah. fan of, like, a bunch of American films and stuff like that. 
So yeah. he probably encompassed every trope uh, of international horror films, including American, which would be sex would be like the one I would <laughs> pick out of the lineup for that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was really cute. I liked him. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. Um, I was really bummed, spoiler alert, when he died. Yeah, yeah, me too. I really thought that he and the girl might be the last ones left alive. However, after everyone started dying one by one, I kind of like got that feeling that we were going to have a final girl and it was going to be her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, speaking of that, are we are we uh, still talking about... Um, do you want to talk more about... Uh, acting, or should we move on to? We can move on to story. Story, because I think I have something for story, but I don't know if it's for story or not. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, I think it for sure is actually. So, um, regarding the rules that he brought up, whenever I was watching this, um, I really picked up on a lot of American horror tropes, very specific ones that. I have seen recreated in other other movies that I've seen. And I think the main one, well, I guess the main two now, thinking about it, would be the first kill of the kid who dies in the sleeping bag mm-hmm. is reminiscent of a Jason kill. Yeah, I was going to bring that up because yeah. I feel like in this is my favorite genre of horror movies, kids get lost in the woods and then something someone comes and kills them Mm -hmm. uh i live for that shit (laughs) sleeping bag kills are very underutilized Mm -hmm. i fucking love when they're just treated like a sack of potatoes (laughs) and beat against a tree to make mashed potatoes (laughs) yeah like i don't care if it makes sense like physically but it's just it's hilarious and (laughs) okay so you you enjoyed seeing that used again okay cool I was like, hey, that's just like Jason X, right? Is it Jason X? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, with two... <laughs> yeah. That is some movie. But anyway, the other thing would be specifically him having rules, because the only other time we see this, I think... Is Scream. Is Scream, right? With the three yeah. rules. And I was like, whoa, this guy's got even more rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But he probably has, like, really... That, those are, like, better, in my opinion. Yeah. And while I really liked that aspect, I also feel like... I also wondered, did it fit in with the context of this movie? It works with Scream, because Scream is supposed to be meta, kind of poking fun at horror movies. But this one was I was meant to be serious. Yeah, we don't really get a lot of background on, like, other horror movie fans... I mean, he does mention that he watched, he talks about, like, the American Werewolf in London movie, but, like, you're right, it really seems like it doesn't fit quite right. It's not very smooth, but it's there anyway. <laughs> um, and also, the other thing would be what you mentioned, it's, like, the, the wrong turn, hills have eyes type of idea where we have these individuals who are, like, uh, mutated mysteriously and they live in the backwoods and they're very grotesque and fat and stuff like that and did we ever get an explanation why they were no the way they were Do, I, like an alien meteorite exploded under their bed like that's it and then turn okay. them into very bizarre 
like zombie cannibal like boil people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the mom immediately freaked out and put them in the basement, of course. Um because that's what you do with children once oh, they're deformed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, is that like a like would I do that if that happened to me? And I'm like, I'm really not sure. So I didn't linger on that. And then but she like continued to feed them like animals and stuff until they got like really like grown. <laughs> like very strange. That that was a little weird because I was like, why do they look like that? And it's because they're like mutated because of like a strange, yeah, intergalactic See, it, it, thing. <laughs> it made sense, even though I don't really care for it yeah. because with Hills Have Eyes, weren't they like mutated because of incest? Yeah, they were mutated because of incest. Yeah. And, like, where they lived, I feel like, didn't they live near, like, some power plants or some shit regarding nuclear waste? Anything like that, I feel like. Yeah, it's been a really long time since I've seen the original Wrong Turn. I know with the sequels, Mm -hmm. especially, like, three onward, they really hone in on the, like, incest (laughs) aspect. (laughs) Oh, I bet. To a comedic (laughs) level. But it's fine because they're, like, deformed mutants don't even look like anything at that point. Yeah just look like scary things um yeah so that that happened and i was like okay well i mean it's strange how it came about but i can get it because something scary has to live out in these woods in poland (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but like with poland wasn't there anything from their own mythos they could pull from did That's they have to borrow the American hillbillies in the woods trope? <laughs> I just, I that thought just occurred to me because I was like, huh, how American of them to like have the hillbillies in the backwoods. Is it the same there? Yeah. And I hope not, but maybe it is. I can't know. <laughs> yeah, and you could even, you could have even probably done something at the end there. There's this really kind of bizarre little scene mid-credits where there are two Nazi enthusiasts walking down the road and they presumably get murdered by the big guy left in the middle of the road. And I think that scene is probably like an allusion towards Poland still being pissed off about the whole German invasion back in 1939. Yeah. Um, You could have done something like... Still have kind of that hillbilly cannibal vibe, but kind of tie it into Polish history, just so it makes sense when you get to that end scene with the Nazi enthusiasts. Like, have them be the result of yeah Nazi tampering with the water or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that would be a good like segue in, and it would actually kind of like make more sense and flow better with the story. Um, because there. Yeah, there are several mentions of Hitler and Nazis and things throughout. Um, so, like, uh, I don't know. Didn't Nazis put fluor- fluoride in the water? Do do something with I think that? So. Like, it, yeah. like it wasn't really fluoride. Um, yeah, I don't know. Where where do Americans stand on that? Don't we put fluoride in the water? We or put something? fluoride in the toothpaste. Um, okay. So it's. Yeah, and fluoride's in the water. Isn't it some sort of a purification agent? I don't know, but you'll have to look into, you know, uh, Nazi water tampering. Yeah. I mean, you could even just make shit up. Nazis weren't good people. Like, they did a lot of fucked up shit. No one's going to question it if they're just 
throwing vats of uh, <laughs> nuclear waste into the water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that could have been something uh, a little bit more chilling uh, that would have um, made it g- given it a little bit more of a layer of you know realism. Re- realism. Yeah. Like realistically, like scary shit. Um, but another part of that end credit scene was that uh, I don't know if we, Sam and I mentioned this before, but there are two bad guys. They're they're twins, so they both look mm-hmm. the same, but one has hair, and they have like different outfits, but they're similar but yet different. <laughs> um, so that's a fun thing that we get to find out like halfway through. And at the end, uh, we see the one is killed by the final girl. He's like stabbed to death, and the other mm-hmm. we assume she runs him over a bunch of times. So we assume they're dead, but at the end they both come back to life. So that's like. A, a new twist. Yeah, I need to talk about that whole ending sequence with the cop. Uh, yeah, yeah, with the prostitute. <laughs> yeah. Why was there a prostitute in the middle of the woods for one? Yeah, she had a bike. <laughs> uh, weird. <laughs> like, I feel like she's not getting a lot of business out there. Uh, for yeah. two, um, when the cop is cleaved in half, which was pretty cool. That was cool. Um, He's a dumbass. He left the keys in the car. Also, she wasn't a criminal, so I don't know why she was in the back of the car in the first place. Yeah, I wanted to, like, bring that up as well. Why was she in the back? (laughs) Yeah, so when the final girl finds the cop and tries to escape with him, he puts her in the back, but she's not a criminal. She's clearly in distress, so I feel like she should be put in the front, but I guess you can't have, like, that three minutes of, oh, shit, I can't get out of the car because it's locked. Right, Um, He left the keys in the car with her, so clearly he didn't think she was a criminal. Right. Um, The bad guy with the axe he decided to climb on top of the car while she was trying to start it which i feel like takes a lot more effort than just walking around to the side of the car (laughs) yeah um yeah she knows you're coming it's not a sneak attack i know it's not (laughs) so yeah there is a lot of those little moments where we were like why not do this Instead, um, let's go back and talk a little bit about this camp here, because Mm -hmm. I know that you and I wanted it to be more than it was. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like at the start, we don't get a lot of, like, we we don't get a lot of, like, context or exposition about the camp. Any of the characters. Like, I want to know how addicted these kids were to their phones that they had to go to this camp for a week. And, like, some of them have been there before. Like, ha- like what yeah. what are they doing that's so bad? Like, we get the story of that one, only the one kid. Like, tell me how addicted you are. Like, yeah, you could probably gauge why these kids are addicted to their phones. One's got an online girlfriend who clearly doesn't mean that much to him if he bones... The hot chick, his first night in the woods. Yeah, um, exactly. You could say the hot chick is at this camp because she keeps sending nude pictures to everyone in school. <laughs> yeah, but that's not addicted. That's just being a teenager. That's true. If you watch Euphoria, you know nudes are the currency. Yeah, I've she- not watched Euphoria. Oh, it's very good. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like 13 it- Reasons Why, but not trash. Wow, is it like... On HBO? Yeah. Okay. Um, You got HBO. Yes, we have the HBO, Max, and Hulu combo. Oh, very fun. Oh, that's cool. Which is working for us. We haven't canceled it yet because HBO Max also has the content we want to watch. Nice. Sweet. All right, cool. Um, 
but yeah, back to the people being addicted to their phones and stuff. Um, yeah, so they just, um, you know, they just seem like they uh, don't want to part with their phones. But when they part with their phones, Sam, they don't, like, freak out or, like, try to get yeah. their phones or steal stuff or, like, have withdrawal symptoms. They're just, like, totally, like, cool with, like, hanging out. Yeah. The reason they were together was completely inconsequential. It could have just been a fucking <laughs> summer camp. And this, it just seemed like a very convoluted way to get past the whole argument. Horror movies don't work in the current year because everybody has cell phones. Uh, it yeah. seemed like a very overly convoluted way to get past that. Yeah. Win. That and I like mean, the fact that could've... there's yeah. Go ahead. It could have just been a normal <laughs> run of the mill camp because most camps even today have rules where hey, kids can't bring their cell phones because it just causes problems. Um, I know back in high school when I was a 4-H camp counselor. Um, kids weren't allowed to have their cell phones because the kid could call their parents and say, I'm homesick, come get me. And then the parent comes and nobody is aware that the parent is there to take the child. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> so you can have like legitimate real world reasons these kids are at camp and can't have their cell phone. Yeah. Can't it be just like a summer volunteer camp for high school students trying to get into college or some shit? Like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like it can even camp. be like a, it could be like a college pre getting to know everybody thing because i know virginia tech has um like a hokey camp which is a weekend thing of fun adventurous activities where you can make friends and connections orientation yeah nice so it could be one of those things yeah and then they they're not allowed to have their phones because the counselors and people in charge want them to get to know each other not their high school friends Right, and experience, like, you know, nature and, like, live for the moment and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah, but they're like, oh, yeah, we have to have a camp where they strictly take their phones away. So whenever they get lost in the woods, they don't have a phone to call 911. However, apparently there's no, like, service in the woods anyway. So, like, what the fuck does that matter mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things? So it really was, like, they had this really cool angle with the... Uh, the no cell phone camp and they didn't even like go for it yeah (laughs) and speaking of that i can't remember did the like counselor excuse me teacher lady have any form of walkie-talkie or communication back to camp um did she have a walkie because my concern obviously would be what if someone breaks their legs and they don't have a way to call for help in the woods yeah, dude, that that's a really important thing, and I'm glad you brought that up because I thought about that whenever they did split up and they left the two the two kids at the campsite still, and the three of them went off in the woods because I was like, well, if you're gonna leave the two there, and the other people something happens to them, they need they need a walkie-talkie so they know how to get back because it seems like the hiker lady was the only girl that knew the trail. So how are they supposed to know where to go? They've been hiking for mm-hmm. a whole day, so they already made camp. Yeah. And I don't think she was teaching them how, like, any basic nature survival skills, like how to find your way back to camp in case right. two mutant cannibals start chasing you through the woods. Dude, yeah. They were totally just, like, walking in the woods. There were, like, no blazes, no trail markers, no nothing. And she wasn't like, yeah, you break this branch here on the other side, so when you come back this way, you can see it. Like, But branches just break. Yeah, 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 that, that's true, too. So It's like, nature. That's why you need to have that. Yeah, exactly. So I wish they would have, like, taught them something. Like, first of all, when you're hiking, you wear hiking clothes. 
Yeah. Not fucking like, chill summer clothes, man. Like, in Balto, I learned uh, <laughs> the animated movie about the wolf that saves the day with vaccines. Yeah, with um, penicillin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his trick for not getting lost in the woods is to just, like, scratch some bark off a tree on one side. Yeah, that's exactly exactly what you do when you're in the woods and you're trying to maintain a path is you yeah. need something sharp to make a scratch on the opposite yes. side of the tree. So when you're coming something, back, you see it. Exactly. Something more noticeable than a broken yes, branch. Yes, a broken branch, yeah. Yeah, that's called blaze. You're making a blaze in the, tr- in, the ar- in the bark in the tree. Awesome. But she was like, nope, fuck it. We're just going to follow me around and just stop when I say stop. <laughs> like, uh, um. And then there were a couple other, like, bad guys in this movie as well. Um, The priest, his voice actor in English was very good and very fitting. Got Mm -hmm. into the role very well. Um, And then the guy in the cabin who shoots the token gay character. um, I don't know what they contributed to the movie, but they existed. Yeah, I wanted to really talk about the the priest and why he was there still. Um, so I know they brought, they brought a priest into the camp when the kids got there to, like, bless them and their devices, uh, and stuff, which, okay, I can see that that's the one weird aspect of the camp, but everything else was pretty normal. But then we see this priest again because the ones, the one kid stumbles upon the, the church and goes there for refuge and then gets, like, tied up and shit and gagged because he, like, knows he's gay but, but like, why know. does he? Why does he do that to him? I thought the implication was the priest being a priest was going to do what priests sometimes do to little boys. That's and- what I thought too, and I was like, "Are you, are you picking on him because he's gay or because he's addicted to his phone? Like, what is it?" So, yeah, weird. I, I just don't know what to make of that, but I'm guessing that's what that priest is all, they're all about. But, like, uh, aren't there going to be consequences? I don't, I don't know. There, I there was a lot, and <laughs> I don't know. I felt like both of those scenes were a little shoehorned in. Yeah. Um, like, they could have really made things work with the other guy, like the random dude that lived in the woods that uh, kind of told them the story, like the history of the twins. But um, once he once he fucking shot that door that was knocking, I knew he killed the wrong person. I thought he killed the girl, which would have been shocking. But he killed that the um the kid, and he, I forgot I forgot all about him. After. Yeah, <laughs> like shit. Oh, uh, that would have been so much more devastating if he killed who we thought was the final girl. That's what I thought happened because that I forgot be- about the gay kid. I forgot about him. That would be very reminiscent of Wolf Creek, where, um, shit, the Wolf Creek guy murders the girl who we think is going to be the final yeah. girl, and it's like, oh shit, oh shit, anything can happen. Did I see Wolf Creek? Is there a sequel to Wolf Creek? There is a sequel and then a series on Shudder. I think I watched, I, I, for some reason, I feel like once in my life I saw Wolf Creek 2, but not the first one. And I, like, I remember vaguely watching it. Oh, the cl- Wolf Creek is such a classic. You gotta watch it. Is it very rapey? No, it's not. I don't think it's rapey at all. But 
to my memory, there might be a little rapiness in it, but not like, that's not the focus of it. Okay, maybe I watched something else that sounds like Wolf Creek, but it's not. I don't know, man. It just sounds familiar. I may or I may, it's or may an not have seen it's it. It's an Australian horror Australian. movie. Wolf Creek. Two. I, no, yeah, I saw this, dude. I swear to fucking god, because I remember this cover with the guy with the uh, the Bowie knife. I don't. I don't. I, mean, I don't think he's rapey. I think he keeps a girl in a cage. But maybe that's it. It's been a long time since I watched this, because this is yeah, 2014. It's been. I don't know. I could. I could be thinking of something completely different, dude. Yeah, when I look, when I'm I'm on Wikipedia right now and I'm doing a find all for the word rape, uh, rape, and it's not coming up. <laughs> Trigger warning. That's usually yeah. something they let you know about. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I may have to cut this part out. It doesn't have anything to do with what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, sorry guys. Anyway, let's let's get <laughs> anyway, back on. It's fine. Um, so anyway, it would have been re- a lot more devastating had he shot the final girl, and then plot twist. It's the gay boy that survives the end. They come get him. Is he going to tell someone he accidentally shot him? Are we never going to know? What about his parents? What are they going to think? What about all these kids' parents when they come to pick up their kids? What about the other groups that are hiking? I have so many questions that are unanswered. Something that could have been possibly addressed had they not wasted runtime on the weird priest subplot. Yeah, that was pretty bizarre. They could have just left that out completely. Um... So, uh, yeah, I don't think I have any, any other points to make about the story. Uh, all right. It wasn't bad though. You yeah, know, I uh, mean, uh, despite all it, of our complaining, I, I think I liked watching it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's your run of the mill. Kids get lost in the woods and get hunted down by creepy people in the woods story. Yeah. So if you're into that, yeah, you'll be into this. Yeah. Um, it was never boring. I think the 80% on Rotten Tomatoes is a little high, and I think it is because it's, ooh, it's a it's a foreign film. I gotta act like I am super pretentious and into this Polish horror movie. Right. Yeah, I think that is a little high because there is a lot of, like, confusion. It has its issues. <laughs> yeah, it has, a little bit of a couple hiccups there. But it, has it was narrative still issues. fun. Yeah, it does have narrative issues. That's a good, that's a good point. Um it was fun. It was fun. I liked that a lot. Because <laughs> those kills uh, were something else when they happened. Like, holy shit. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, and, and the, so the onward. Scary. <laughs> onward through production. The score for this movie, though it didn't always fit the scenes, was fucking beautiful. Oh, yeah. You know what? I really liked that weird music. Cause they it had, was great. Yeah, it was. Because... Uh, um, especially, I, especially the music that would play when there was like the first time the music played, there was like the sex scene and then it played for like other, other romantic moments. And it was like, I liked that music, but then as you listen, there's this like weird minor chords that are really twangy and have, and I was like, Whoa, <laughs> this fucking weird ass music, but I liked it. It was so weird and creepy that I was like, okay, but uh, but they kept using those same like tunes throughout, and I was like, excellent, good. I'm glad we're keeping up and keeping consistent with this. So I did like it. I liked it myself. Really cool stuff. It was delightful. It was. 
I, I, yeah, I really like that because I, I keep thinking about that weird, those weird offbeat notes that are real high pitched, and it's like I can't get it out of my head. So it's, it was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, uh, what uh, else we got for production? <laughs> I did not care for the designs of the villains. <laughs> yeah, like they, like I thought they were rather scary and shocking, but like. I feel like uh... it, w- it was too much. I did not care for the giant blisters all over them. Like when something gets to be that size, it's going to pop. Like it's going to pop with a simple arm movement. It was a little bit too much. You don't really know that, but it came from the sky. Mm. But I don't know if it came from outer Aliens space. would have been a nice touch in this movie. Yeah, weird. Aliens. Aliens scare mm-hmm. me. They are very scary. Um, you never know where they, they might be. <laughs> That's gonna be the tagline for this show, aliens. You never know where they might be, Sam. Ooh, <laughs> so writing that down. Yeah, yeah. It's it's stupid, but also like also creepy because the sky is always above you, and that's where they are. Mm-hmm. Little UFOs. Anyway, production. The thing that Sam and I did like both together was the kills <laughs> so let's mm-hmm. talk about the kills a little bit more and how they looked uh when the cop was cleaved in half that is my favorite one i think like i feel like not seeing the actual body fall to the side uh is okay because um given the budget for this movie because the woman's decapitated head totally fake, <laughs> totally fake. so seeing the body um <laughs> fall apart would have probably cheapened it but just seeing the intestines <laughs> fall to the yeah. ground was great it was great and i feel like that's all they needed to give us because i just imagined there was, so i was like Ooh. because i didn't know it was going to be like that sharp and go all the mm-hmm. way through him and he like hit the ground i was like whoa yeah. Holy and shit. i feel like that's that's a little detail you don't get a lot of the time yeah when someone is cleaved in half like when they fall apart, their organs are going to fall out as well. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I feel like that's something that's often overlooked, but I'm glad we're seeing it a little bit more often nowadays in newer movies. Um, it's like they just kind of had an epiphany <laughs> that we had stuff inside our bodies. <laughs> um, what else for production value uh how did you like the look of the movie overall it was very it was very pretty it's nice to see foreign movies now have the same production quality as hollywood movies yeah Um, yeah i think i just i think that's really great because like back in the 1990s you could clearly see a slight quality difference between a hollywood movie and then something released from Japan. Like, I think Ring came out in the late 19... Uh, Ringu came out in the late 1990s. But quality of film-wise, it looked slightly older yeah. than that. Mm-hmm. But now everything is getting this high production value because equipment is becoming more accessible to countries outside, <laughs> outside of the U.S. Of L.A., yeah. And it's really fucking cool to... I don't want to say catch up because story-wise... They've always been on par with us, like Italian horror movies I've never really watched. Uh, But they're iconic, even though they're lower budget, not as high quality. 
But now that's no longer an issue, and we should all support the foreign film industry. Or, sorry, I've been saying foreign film this whole time. International film industry. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's a hard habit to kick, but yeah, international yeah. films, absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm actually really glad. I, I'm a nature lover. I'm really glad that they were, like, hiking around and stuff. It was cool to see uh, the landscape and things like that. And it was actually very bright, this movie. Um, so although we had, you know, very bad things happening... Um, oh, yeah. Their surroundings are rather bright, and it was all very sunny, very yeah. vibrant colors and stuff like that. So oh, yeah, that's a that. really good point. The bulk of this movie did take place in the daytime. Yeah, yeah, how about that? That was pretty cool, except for the that, sensuous and, and sex since, scene. Yeah, and <laughs> since watching Midsommar, I know we have differing views on Midsommar, <laughs> yeah. um, I want more daytime horror because you're supposed to be safe in the daytime. Yeah, that's actually that. That's a great point because uh, I, I do want to see more of that, too, because... Yeah, we're safe in the daytime, or we're safe with the lights on. So, like, make it like you're never safe. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So, I do, I do like that. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> just, just another quick point about the sensuous sex scene. Um, they, they weren't even like in the dark. There, the moonlight was so bright, mm-hmm. and it was very romantic. <laughs> so they had the light like, of the full moon. <laughs> it, it's just, it's, it was so sensual, and I'm like. <laughs> Oh, I don't know how I feel about this. I know it was very like, uh, it was very like, yeah, I I guess just sensual is the right word. And um, we took a drastic turn. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that was like that. That was you're you're right about that being kind of like awkward, because thinking about it now, we didn't really need to have that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in the grand scheme of things. Like, you could cut out, like, the actual part where you see her... Her whole boobs, her, yeah. Her riding him. <laughs> like, yeah, that too. You get, you get the obligatory boob shot, because this is a horror movie, you gotta have boobies. Gotta have the boobies. Um, and then you just cut to afterwards, and we, we get the gist. Yeah, they, we, we they get did the, the gist when she does, when we see her, her breasts naked. Like, it's not like we're like, well, what happens then? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we understand what you're alluding to. Mm-hmm. But no, they <laughs> they they went for it. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, wow, what else can we... I feel like we really discussed a heck of a lot about this movie. Yeah. Um, we're coming up on... We just watched 40. it yesterday, listeners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're coming up on 45 minutes, so... Okay. Um, there's something else we could talk about. I don't think so. I think I would give this for me personally, a solid meh. The kills were good. The Polish acting was very good. Um, but narrative wise, it could have been a little cleaner. Yeah. We had a lot of complaints for that. So I would say that brings it down to a meh. Uh, Yeah. It was still fun. I think you guys should watch it once just mm -hmm. to see what's up. It wasn't like terrible. It was pretty fun. Uh, in terms of reception, uh, <laughs> the only thing they have on Wikipedia in the reception section is it was one of the most rented titles on the American Netflix as soon as soon after its premiere. A monthly oh. magazine, Kino, reported that the movie had landed on the top ten list of the most watched films on the platform. So nice. it's clearly clicking with a lot of people. People are enjoying it. Um, in terms of Netflix horror, miles above Veronica. <laughs> Um, Dude, I didn't see Veronica. 
Because I told you it was bad. Yeah, you said, yeah, because I remember when that came out and it was like the scariest movie of all time yeah. since forever. Yeah, and then I watched it. <laughs> and then I watched it and my whole review was like, people are turning it off because it's boring, not because yeah. it's scary. <laughs> I remember your written review now because I did read it and you're just like, this, this movie straight up sucks. <laughs> yeah. And that I also just, I don't like exorcism movies because especially when they're based on a true story, you know that the person suffering <laughs> was going through some mental health issues and that's why they were suffering and yeah. they didn't get the help they needed. Right. Uh, um, but yeah, I think this has a great title, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods. And if you're a fan of Wrong Turn and other movies of this ilk, you'll probably enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool, you guys. But it was just meh. But that doesn't yeah. mean what, whatever. That's just our opinion. Yeah, what's our worst score? Forget. Uh, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> yeah. We haven't had one of those for a while. Yeah. Uh, which is good. <laughs> awesome. All right, cool. So, um, well, I guess I, I guess I have one small thing to say about realistic aspects. And that, that would be the whole part of uh, all these people being in the woods and being all split up and not having any like communications mm -hmm. that that would be like a, like a very scary thing IRL um, yes. so that's a very big realistic <laughs> thing um, that I'll just bring up now yeah so don't go in the woods without like no matter what kind of camp you're in you definitely need to have a walkie-talkie and if your guide doesn't have that then you, you should not you should not hike. Don't um, leave with them. Don't leave with them unless you also know the trail better than them. So you can, like, go back if you need to without anybody's help. All right. So other than that, I think I, I think we've said enough. I don't think I have anything else to add. What do you think? I think that's good. Cool. Well, cool. Listeners, I hope you watch it. <laughs> it was fun. I had a good time. Yeah, I had a good time too. All right, you guys. So I guess, I guess I'll go ahead and do the outro now. Sound good? <laughs> Sounds good. All right, cool, 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 cool. All right. So uh, Real Horror Show was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed by Sam Odie. Uh, today, we learned that aliens, they could be anywhere. 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 And also, um, do not go hiking in the woods without a walkie-talkie. God damn it. God damn it. Just shit. Don't do it. Anyway. Like what you hear, you can find Real Horror Show on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play Store, Stitcher, and iTunes. Really, really like what you hear? Follow us on Twitter, at Horror Show Pod, or search for Real Horror Show on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook, at Real Horror Show. Like our page and share our stuff. We also have a website that all of our written reviews and podcasts can be found, realhorrorshow.com. We haven't posted a written review in a while. However, you can take a look at our old written reviews and essays um, if you visit our website, realhorrorshow.com. They are doozies. Uh, want to interact with us? Want to make sure we're real humans and not space vampires? Comment on our website or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com. Want to argue with us about something or think you have a really great horror movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers on the internet? 
Submissions are open for movie reviews. Check out the submit page on our website and follow the rubric before sending us anything. If it's not done according to the rubric, it will be disregarded. Sorry, not sorry. Submissions are open for our yearly anthology called the October Monologues. Check out the submission guidelines on our website and send us your creepy shit. We love horror, and if you're listening, you do too. Please help us keep our project going by visiting our support page on our website, where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. We also have an Amazon wish list if you feel like buying us something tangible will help convey your love more than a monetary donation would. Also, buy us a coffee is a button you can click that will pay us the amount you would need to buy us a coffee. A little bit goes a long way. Sometimes we can't help out artists monetarily, and that's okay. By simply liking, sharing, retweeting, and even giving us an awesome review will help us out tremendously. And do we have any other pertinent news, Sam? I don't think so. Uh, today is December 1st. Happy and, December. <laughs> and the movie that is an adapt adaptation of my play become begins filming December 8th and I have not heard from anyone involved since October so if you see me spiraling on Twitter just wow I'll, I'll, I'll be okay <laughs> oh man that fucking sucks um, um yeah but shit. since it is December 1st we need to plan our Christmas special yeah so uh you know the routine fuck up uh, have oh god I can't do it Bye. I love the creepy dog that always follows.